Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I am your host, Big Matt, joined by the Gons. Gons, how have you been? I have been good. It's a beautiful, sunny morning um, in fall. So I'm excited about that. The Dodgers are out, disappointed. The Chiefs handled business, and preseason is underway. And um, there's just a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of stuff to watch. That Dodger stuff is so disappointing. The Dodgers, the Braves, the Orioles, and the and the Rays, all the top four um, records in baseball, all got eliminated. They all end up winning collectively one game. Is that something to do about the baseball? Like they they get that long break, they get a week break. The top two seeds um, in in each division or in each conference or whatever AL and NL. Do you think that contributed to them losing this 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 year? Dude, it boggles my mind. This is why nobody watches baseball in the regular season. Because um, it seems to have no impact on what happens in the playoffs. It's too long. So 162 would to have that short of a... The, the playoffs are shorter than the NBA. Like, how do you have that long of a season and then have that short of a playoff? Just the wild card, three games, and then the NLDS is five games. Like, all the series... In the NBA, are seven games. Why can't the end? Why can't baseball switch to that? Has it always been five? I feel like it's been seven, and then it's been five, and then it's been seven, and then it's been five. The wild card was one, and then it became three. The wild card, yeah, no, this, the division rounds always been five, and the and the championship series has always been seven, and the World Series has always always been seven. But they think they need to change that. Um, tradition wise, I mean, they get rid of tradition a long time ago by adding these wildcard teams. So a longer series just to kind of prove, I, I mean, even with the Dodgers, right? They got smoked in three games by the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Dodger pitching wasn't good. And then Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman went one for 20. That's not going to get it done. Oh boy. This is a sad, sad, sad sort of deal with, with baseball. And like you said, the chiefs did take care of business last night. Um, they're five and one. So I'm. Not quite happy, but also instead of watching those Dodger games or on the side of watching those Dodger games, we saw the Lakers preseason games. They look pretty good in in, in Anaheim, uh, even without AD LeBron um, or Austin Reeves. What did you think about the Lakers in, in Anaheim this past Wednesday against the Kings? I mean, they do look good. Vincent D'Angelo looks phenomenal. He's playing defense for once in his life. Um, and I, I'm I'm happy. And uh, I guess I'm happy that they didn't trade people because I've been harping on they trade the, the the organization seems to trade people too early without giving them a chance or right when they're starting to to bloom, you know, and, and we touched on this last week with with Clarkson with well, I don't know how many. I mean, we could just go through the list, man. Fish yeah, no, no, well, I, the, the Lakers like I, I think we need to that, that has to be its own topic on its own, but we'll cover that another day. Um, yeah, but- I'm glad they kept everyone is what I'm saying. And it's uh, you're seeing that playing another year together and chemistry is starting to show. So, yeah, it's been fantastic. Before we get to what we're going to talk about today, any NBA preseason games that kind of stood out to you? Um, any storylines outside of what we're going to talk about today, like kind of stood out to you? No, man, just just. Honestly, I've been catching what I can between baseball and football. I've only seen a glimpse of a couple of Laker games, or I'll have it on in the background, a repeat, you know, they show the game again. So either there's not much I got. I just know that, um, you know, 
D'Angelo's been playing really well. And uh, I, you know, when Vincent's been playing well as well. Did you see the, or at least watch the highlights of the uh, Victor Wembanyama's first uh, preseason game against Chet Holmgren and the and the Thunder? That looked absolutely insane because they were both like super long, and then they're actually hitting, playing really well, hitting threes. For them to be that long and just oh, look like two, um, like two plastic guys is going against each other it was crazy. Did you watch any highlights of that? I heard a little bit of it, uh, but I did from from ESPN. I did see that. Because they were talking about it while the the game was on, so they were like, kind of analyzing. Um, but I know Chet Holmgren is also a pick to win Rookie of the Year. So, hundred yep, percent, yep. Him with Scoot Henderson. Um, obviously, Scoot Henderson is going to get the most playing time, but uh, you know they say Chet's in there too, so we'll see. The Oklahoma City Thunder are going to be a thing. That's for that's for sure coming into this upcoming season. Uh, let's get into our topics today. Um, the NBA training camp started last week, um, and the Philadelphia 76ers decided to kind of get away from it all. Uh, the, they decided to go to Colorado to do their training camp, uh, Colorado State University um, to do their training camp. They had to get, get permission from the Denver Nuggets to do so. Uh, so they kind of uh, wanted to get some mojo from from Colorado and, and did their training camp there. Um, there are some issues with James Harden, which we'll get to in a second, but um, another... Colorado is in the news a lot, um, sports-wise, uh, the past few months. And a lot of that it, it was because of um, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, deciding to te- uh, teach, deciding to coach at the, the University of Colorado. The Buffaloes were a big story the last last month. Um, had a big win against ne- Nebraska. Uh, came into their, um, their, their season undefeated against Oregon, even though they got blown out. Um, and then they just got blown out against, or they didn't even get blown out against USC. They played them pretty hard. So the Buffaloes, who finished, I believe, last year with one or two wins, or have three wins this year, and are actually talked about nationally because of Coach Prime, Coach Sanders, and his son um, as the quarterback. They're doing really well. Uh, so Coach Prime visited the Philadelphia 76ers after the first day of training camp. He told them. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers after the first day of practice. Now, given James Harden was not present for the after the first day of practice, he joined them a couple days after. But Coach Prime's comments were, um, he told them, you added some pieces, Sanders said, and you added some pieces that you think should be the difference. But how bad do y'all want it? Straight up. Uh, you have to really t- look at each other and hold each other accountable. And you got to realize how bad you really want it. Like, what are you? what are you willing to do for it? What are you willing to sacrifice for it? How far are you willing to go for it? How hard are you willing to work for it? Because you know what it is. You know, on paper, y'all amongst the best in the business, right? You've got to put it all together. I like what you added. I love what you're doing. What are your thoughts on what he said um, to the team here, Gons? You know, it's interesting because every now and then, even an NBA player, an NFL player, an MLB player, needs that talk they get so preoccupied with all the outside noise that they can't they don't they, they forget what the ultimate goal is i think that's why everyone misses kobe because of his appreciation of doing everything anything everything possible to get that chip i think what prime coach prime is saying is that Look, guys, 
you're good enough if if you do everything that's necessary you are good enough to win or compete for a championship i don't disagree i don't disagree cuz i don't think every team will do i think that maybe there will be one or two teams that does everything maybe there's not even one team i don't know but with the pieces they have right maxi tobias harris mantra mantra's harris still plays plays hard Harden, if he could get, I don't know how that's going to work. I, I mean, we could talk about that next, like with Kelly Oubre. But with Kelly Oubre, you still have Joel Embiid. You have Danny Green. You have Pat Beverly. I mean, you got a squad. So I think what he was saying is, look, you guys got the talent, but you don't have the talent to slack off. You need to do everything and anything necessary to get there. And that's the only way they're going to get there. Uh, and can they pull that off? I don't know. Like, I really don't. But I think that's what the message was. And I think it's true. It's 100% true. Coach Prime is just a motivator, right? That's kind of his main. I'm, I'm X's and O's on Colorado. I don't follow college football very closely. So I'm not sure what he's doing um, schematically wise to improve them. But motivation wise, you could see what these words and other, you know, he, he did say some other things while in that meeting with the 76ers. So, yeah. Um, he's definitely very motivating. Do the Sixers have enough? I think when it comes down to it, like he says that you guys have the the pieces here to do. I like what you added. Um, as far as what they added, it was Pat Beverly, Mo Bamba, um, Danny Green. So that's kind of something we can let, kind of look into. So motivation wise, that's good. They, he's able to provide motivation to 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 these players to do well the season. Realistically, though, you look at their depth chart, Philadelphia 76ers. I'm looking at it right now. Top 10, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, Joel Embiid, Pat Bev, Kelly Oubre, Danny Green, Mo Bamba, some DeAnthony Melton, and and Martrez Harrell. And Daniel House, throw that in there too. That's not a bad squad. uh, That's not a championship squad, Guns. Let's be real. Come on. No, I think if they were utilized to their capacity in the correct way, and they're all determined... They have a they have a puncher's chance. No, come on, the Sixers uh, with Joel Joel Embiid has to put up another has he has to be the actual MVP this season. I know last year he was kind of given it, but then with James Harden and he has he came in. Let's get into it now. James Harden came into camp and he he said he was going to you know cause some trouble in camp unless they traded him to the Clippers. But he came he he's come in there and been a model model teammate. Um, we had a, a podcast uh, from Tyrese Maxey. I forget which one it was specifically, but he said that James Harden came in, you know, was talking to everyone. It was pretty much normal business. Um, but with James Harden, the older James Harden with an emerging Tyrese Maxey, just their their pieces, especially if, if Patrick Beverly is going to be a top eight player in the team, there's no way they're going to get out of the East Cons. Come on, let's be real. I disagree, but I do think they need to get they need to get rid of Harden because even though he's not a distraction now, it's still there. Like, it's still there. It's like with Uber. It's like, it's still there. You get rid of him and then come together as a team and go after it. You have no chance when there's any type of cancer in the locker room, and that's honestly what Harden is to that team. With that being said, with Tyrese Maxey, don't get 
someone that needs to handle the ball. Let Maxi handle the ball and utilize whatever assets you can get from Harden for what you need. You know, in your opinion, like they don't need if if they get rid of Harden, what positions do you think they could use some depth at? Well, if you look at their depth chart, Patrick Beverly is their backup point guard. Like essentially, it's once you get rid of Harden and you hopefully get Terrence Mann, if they ask for first round picks, I don't think they're going to get them for for James Harden. If they end up getting Terrence Mann, you're looking at a Tyrese Maxey with with Terrence Mann backcourt. Tyrese Maxey is ready to take that next next step to maybe challenge Jalen Brunson for an all star all star team spot. That's how good Tyrese Maxey is. You have Agreed. to unleash him by getting rid of James Harden and pair and you know keeping up that chemistry with. Joel Embiid, but they have to get rid of Harden because unless if Harden's still there, Tyrese Maxey can't grow to be an all-star point guard. That's as far as my beliefs goes. Um I, I agree, but that's why I don't think they need another point guard. I don't I don't know if how Terrence Mann would be that effective. I think they need a, a frankly a small forward. I mean well, I mean it depends Tobias Harris, yes, he's making too much money. I think he's on the, he's on the last year of his contract. Is he good enough to be an the fourth or fifth guy on a championship team where, cause you're asking him to be the third best guy on a championship team. If they get rid of James Harden, that's not going to happen. So you got to trade for a hybrid three, four. Cause right now on the, on their depth chart, PJ Tucker is their only power forward, right? You're not going to put Joel Embiid at power forward and put Mo Bamba or, or Montrez at center. So what, what I do is I package in to- Tobias Harris with that deal then um, with Harden and see what I can get. That's what I would do if I was a GM, especially if he's on the last year of his deal anyways. No, for sure. They, they need to make another move outside of just trading James Harden to win the championship. But I'm just saying, has they're properly constructed, let's say they keep James Harden. Let's say he's a model citizen and they decide to keep him. Can the Philadelphia 76ers, with the additions of Damian Lillard in Milwaukee, with the additions of Drew Holiday in Boston, with the Cavaliers... Um, you know, one more year of gelling, and then the Knicks will get to in a second. Can they make it out? Can they even make it out of the East? Hundred percent, yes. I will put anything on the. Uh, we'll bet whatever you want. They will make the playoffs. Oh no, they're going to make the playoffs. They'll be. I think they're slated to be a top, the top three seed, right? Okay, but, yeah. So they'll make the playoffs, and then anything can happen. Matt Dame could get hurt. Something okay. could happen with the Celtics. Let, let, let's put this bet on the board. I don't think then I don't think the Sixers will be a top three seed in the Eastern Conference. They're gonna be a, they're gonna I think they fall to four or five. I agree. I agree. Okay. So as far as so for you for your conference seeding guns, you're looking at a the Bucks and Celtics, whatever, one and two. I know that's kind of negligible, but three, do you think is it is it the Cavaliers or the team we're gonna talk about right now in the in the Knicks? The Knicks have had really good seasons and then kind of choked in the playoffs. But I would say, um, oh, I like the Cavs. I maybe like the Knicks fourth. I like, uh, then I would put the Sixers fifth and then I'd put Miami sixth. But those teams are inter- interchangeable. But right? the fifth those- seed, that's why the Sixers, as they're currently considered, you saying they're the fifth seed, they have that means they can't get out of the East. There's no way. Even with Joel there, and there's B, always going- a chance. There's always a chance. See, come on, come on, guns. There's always a chance. Come on, they have they have a superstar. They have a phenomenal player. They have a decent squad. There's there. You're saying there's no chance. I'm saying 
that there's a chance. If everyone's healthy, if Dame's healthy, if the Celtics are healthy, there is zero chance they're making it out of the East because I have yet to see a dominant postseason from Joel Embiid. If, if there's, if we talked about prove-it seasons with Zion during the regular season. It's a prove-it season for Joel Embiid. Like, people are clowning on the MVP season last season because Jokic should have won that, 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 that award last season, even though, you know, there was some stuff with um, Kendrick Perkins about some race stuff and him not winning three in a row. But that was honestly, that was Jokic's MVP. And I think I will guarantee this. I'll guarantee this. There's no way Denver wins the championship. A hundred percent. Put my mortgage on the line. Whoa. Okay. I mean, (laughs) that's a pretty bold statement. I like that. I I, I like both. Like I'm not going to, I think Philadelphia is not going to win the championship. You don't, you don't think Denver is because no, no. Yeah. Okay, because, do you want to get into that what, now, or do you want to say that for later? Yeah, we could talk about it. Number okay. one, number one, Joe Kick said it was the worst offseason because he had to play two extra months. He said it was one of the worst offseasons of his career because he had to play two extra months of basketball. And he doesn't want to. He doesn't have the heart for the game. And I know everyone takes it lightheartedly and thinks it's funny, the dude doesn't want to play. He wants to play to make enough money and then to go home. Because of that, and them just winning the championship, his mentality is, I just won this team a championship. I'm going to take it easy a little bit. So that is why I don't think they're going to be, they're going to come out of the West at all. No chance. He wants to go home. He wants a chip for Denver. He wants to relax. And that's that's just, that's what it is. It is what it is. He's been even keel like that his entire career. Like even if it, 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 the, all the all the heartbreaking losses to the Lakers a few in the bubble, and then when he won those MVPs to to the uh, the losses to the Suns, like he was still just even keel. He wasn't like, oh, I gotta get this 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 um this team a champ this championship. Yeah, but, he, but he got yeah. his championship. He didn't change the way he he thought just because he won a chip. Usually, usually, usually winning a chip changes you, right? Like there's the, the the disease of more, which I think might plague Denver because may, maybe Jamal Murray wants to get more more run, KCP wants to get more. Michael Porter Jr. might be a combustible. Oh hey guys, we won the championship. I think I need to contribute more. I think that uh, p- the pieces around Joker will allow Denver to not win a championship. But I wouldn't like Joker has been so even keel, and I'm the king of even keel until so he won a chip. Until he won a chip. Now watch. Now watch what happens. Like he, I don't think he's going to change. Like you, you, oh, th- you, yeah. think, you think that the championship's going to change him. I don't think it did change him because if you saw his, his his responses since winning a championship, it was just so like, okay, it was just another he, day at work. Let's just. He doesn't care. Well, it's he not he doesn't care. care. I just don't think that he's, he's that. He doesn't get excited too much about basketball because it's a job as opposed to. Uh, you exactly. know, we're, we're, we're used exactly. to Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah, this is basketball's life. Basketball is everything. You know, that, that's some of not, that matters. That's what I'm saying. I'm but saying how they won the championship matters. last season. Then if, if they were so nonchalant about it, how did he, he got, lead his he team? Got to win Denver won. He did his job. And now he's going to take it easy, at least for a year. Then he may come back again next year and say, I want to win again. My, I disagree, my but yeah, no, I, I, I get it. You kind of want him to be more fiery. Um, to go, hey, we won a championship, but I'm you know put more extra work because these guys are coming are coming for my championship. You kind of want to hear that from him instead of yeah, I kind of coasted during the offseason or didn't really touch basketball. I know we talked about that on the hoop bar pod. 
you kind of I I could see where you kind of want more from him, but I could for, on my end it's more of like Jokic has already he's just like that, and um, luckily in they were very lucky with injuries last season. Let's just say no one really got hurt, and that's the team that with Jamal Murray coming back from an injury, Michael Porter Jr. has that chronic back issue. None of that really affected them in the playoffs, so I can see where you're coming from, Guns. Let's move on to the uh, the New York Knicks. We had talked about a little bit earlier. They're look, looking to be maybe fourth or fifth. Their over-unders, 45 and a half guns this upcoming season. They're slated to be yeah either f- fifth or sixth after the four the teams that we had talked about earlier with the Heat kind of tied with them at 45 and a half. Um, an X factor for them, guns is one R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett's entering his fifth season. Um, he's only 22 years old. Um, he has four years remaining on his contract, uh, 23 million, 25 million, 27 million, 29 million. Um, and he's going to be the X factor for them coming up in, uh, coming up in the ceiling uh, in, in the season. What do you think R.J. Barrett's ceiling is um, for this upcoming season? I think it's going to be a good one for him. Um just because, you know, he's up his he's up right around twenty points per game, right? Nineteen point six. He was twenty last season, um, and he's playing right. He's playing the most he's ever played, seventy three games. So he's healthy. Um, I think he's gonna step up in regards to assist. He has to to distribute the ball more, um, and I think he needs to increase his rebounds from five point four to seven. Other than that, I mean, his free throw percentage could be better. He could penetrate more. And shooting 30, uh, 34% from the three isn't bad. So I I think he's right on the cusp of being an all-star. Uh, I know there's a lot of stars in the league. I, I, I feel like he's gonna. this is going to be where we're going to start to see him at his best these next couple years. I mean, it's the, it's that age, right? That 24, 25, 26, 27 age, you, know, you usually step up. That's your prime, right? That's when you kind of set yourself up to be, you know, this this NBA superstar. But with R.J. Barrett, man, R.J. Barrett, corner, like, he's supposed to be their 3 and D wing. Like, you have Jalen Brunson, you have Josh Hart, you have Quentin Grimes, Isaiah Quickly. He, he's supposed to be their guy... Um, Jalen Brunson penetrates R.J. Barrett in the corner for three. That's an easy money three, but his corner three-point percentage is horrible. Like, he has to improve that. And He had a good three-point season maybe two seasons ago, 2020-2021. Outside of that, he provides nothing as far as shooting for them. Yes, he'll average 20, and his his efficiency at the rim actually wasn't very good, um, hasn't been very good, and improved a little bit last season. So he needs to get better, like you said, playmaking-wise, to get more assists. Um, to kick out once he drives in and to finish at the rim. But you also have a Julius Randle there who also can't shoot. He had an anomaly shooting, three-point shooting season a couple seasons ago. But Julius Randle can't shoot. And if R.J. Barrett can't shoot, uh, man, I don't know how how good this Knicks team is going to be because of that. Uh, defensively, he was okay, but he needs to be better defensive on, on the defensive end. Um, his advanced stats, he was about an average player in the league. You're, you're paying someone 23 and he was just a, under an average player in the league. He needs to elevate his game. Like you said, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of killers in the Eastern conference for sure. Like 
can he make an all-star team gone? Is his ceiling an all-star player or just a really good, you know, supporting role guy? I think that's what's going to take for for the Knicks to go over to the next level. You know, get to the second round, get to the Eastern Conference Finals. He's going to have to step up. He can't just be a good role player. Um, but I do think with the squad they have now, this is as dangerous as they've ever been. And as you know, I would I, as a basketball fan, I would love to see New York have a good team again. You know, get the excitement back in the Garden. I mean, let's be real, Brooklyn. It, they're not the Knicks. You know, I feel like I I don't know if this is true, but I feel like the Brooklyn Nets are like the Clippers, and the Knicks are the Lakers. Man, is this, the the RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. If both of them can't shoot, that bat, that that front court does not make any sense. Unless you move RJ Barrett to the two, but then they don't have a traditional three. Ah, man, the the this unless you put Josh Josh Hart at the three, but he's smaller than 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 RJ Barrett. So just looking at a team with Jalen Brunson is going to average his twenty five. He's going to get to the All Star game. Ah, oh, man, I, I think for them to to get over the hump to win a champ because are you looking for the Knicks to win a championship or just to get make it to the second round because they made it to the second round last season and ended up losing to the heat so do you think the Knicks are looking to win a championship or do you think they're good enough or they're good just to make it to the second round of the playoffs I think they're good enough right now to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals but that's it no right but then it's like you want to try to win the championship right this isn't, isn't that kind of the the point for all these teams like how how this is the roster is constructed right now outside of the top, out top two guys. There's no real shooting in your front court. And that how that's kind of how you win in the NBA these days. You kind of have to have your power forwards, even your center shooting threes. And you have RJ Barrett, Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson unable to shoot threes. And they somehow were able to get past the young Cleveland team because Brunson outplayed, outplayed um, Mitchell, but like they got spread out against that against that Miami team for not being able they couldn't get a bucket like all I remember talking they couldn't get a bucket all series. I, I get it, but when Milwaukee won the first time, did you think Milwaukee was going to win the chip? Were they even close to being favored? I'm pretty sure they were the number one seed that season in in, in the Eastern Conference. Let me look. Let me. They, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm not talking out of my butt. Um, I'm fairly certain they're the top seed in the East, but let me pull up Basketball Reference here. Too. Gons, you're right. They were 46 and 26. They finished third in the East that season. Um, they beat the Heat, they beat the Nets, they beat the Hawks, and they beat the Suns. So you had perennial all-star um Giannis into the Kumpo, but that season they won the championship. You're looking at Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. But Brooke Lopez, like I t- like to my point, could could shoot three. Giannis, not so much. But DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Jeff T could shoot threes. Like they, they could kind of spread out the floor as opposed to this Knicks team who, if if R.J. Barrett's going to shoot that bat poorly from three, there's no way they could win a championship. But that's what I'm saying. So you're saying what you're saying is that if a team cannot shoot the three today, that they cannot compete for a championship. 1,000%. 1,000%. That's how the game is right now. Like, you can't just have a a, a a 1990s, early 2000s front court lineup that can't shoot to win a championship. That's why Julius Randle, that, when he shot 40% from three, that was just an anomaly. When R.J. Barrett shot 39% from three, that was they, that needs to be more of like a... They need to shoot in the early, closer to 40% every season as opposed to just having it be a one-season thing. 
Isn't that all saying. coaching? Can a coach just make an adjustment to not play that way and to be a penetrate first team or to go for the baseline jumper? I mean, I, everyone's relying on the three. Everyone's shooting threes. Why not be the, the opposite? I think Isaiah Thomas tried to do that in the early in the 2000s with Eddie Curry and Jerome James. That didn't work out very well. Um, as far as right now, it's all about spacing because the analytics movement, the three point. I know Tony really should be in this in in this call with us when you talk about this. It, it moved from three to two. Uh, it moved from the two to three because corner threes are maybe the easiest shot in in all of basketball outside of a. Um, I have to have a dunk or a layup because that corner three is it's the it's like a college three, but for the NBA. So if you're going to be practicing that three, you should be able to make 45, 50 percent. Whereas R.J. Barrett, you're looking at a closer to 35 percent, 30, 35 percent for that range. And that's just unacceptable for a three and D guy. So I, I, I just think math kind of caught up to the NBA, the sophistication of being able to put together these different spreadsheets. To, to to value the three point shot more because you know, back to the basket, basket back to the basket um, post ups end up being you know you're scoring less per possession than you are shooting a three, so that's where the game moved. If the if they want to adopt maybe a FIBA sort of format, what we kind of saw during the FIBA, and they can have guys more in the middle, maybe maybe that'll free up more of the post game that we you know to to, to watch a game that we truly loved in the early two early two thousands in the nineties that sort of back to the basket game. But why don't coaches try to try to do that with a bigger team? They could try, but I, I think we've just seen, we've seen the sport kind of evolve to that. But is that something you kind of want to see from teams gone where they try, where they try to do more post-ups, more two-point shots? Hell yeah. Yeah, man, I'm tired of the three. I mean, the three-pointer is fun and all, but there's more to basketball. And I think if, if the right coach comes along and defends the three like they're supposed to, and really, really optimizes maybe getting a 10 or 12 footer or furthermore attacking the basket, you know, with the way fouls are called these days, I think you could be just as efficient. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of, that's kind of how the Bucks won the championship a few seasons ago. They defended that three like crazy. They only really let go of mid range jumpers because with everyone practicing threes, with everyone practicing getting to the rim, the lost art of the mid range jumper became a fact because. You know that that ten to twelve you know range midi that you know that a lot of point guards need to add in their bag. A lot of people, a lot of players just don't have like they either going to shoot threes or get to the rim. You need to be able to stop on a dime and hit a jumper. That's why Austin Reeves is really good. Like he has that in his bag where he could fake that three go in and it's not, instead of getting to the rim, he'll pull up from fifteen and hit that shot. Like that's what a lot of players need to add to their bag. Um, but other than that, Gons, anything else you want to add about uh, regarding the Knicks in this upcoming season? No, I think it was a fun team to talk about and pick a different team next 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 week. All right, let's move on. to. There was a weird situation um, with Kai Jones. He was a draft pick of the – actually, the New York Knicks drafted him at 19 but traded him over to the Charlotte Hornets um, a couple seasons ago. He spent some time in the G League, did pretty well over there. But with the Charlotte Hornets – he did not do very well at all. Um, last season, he was pretty much just, you know, a, a, a bench player at best. Um, so I'm going to read straight from Sportsmax. Um, I looked at a different, there are a lot of different websites that covered the story, but as far as a consent, you know, a, a small 
um, you know, uh, article that I could read off of so we can kind of gather what happened with, with Kai Jones here uh, from SportsMax website, SportsMax.tv. Despite being away from the Charlotte Hornets, uh, Bohemian player Kai Jones seemed uh, unperturbed by the move as he broke his silence following the announcement of the team's president of basketball operations, Mitch Kupchak, on Wednesday. So apparently he went on to Instagram Live and just um, was very critical of his teammates and was saying that he was the best, he was the GOAT, and then he kind of followed that up with some really weird tweets saying that he was a god on Twitter. Um, and he said after he was released that he, I used to pray for times like this, um, hashtag GOAT life. And he had a lot of weird, weird, weird situations here. He played well in FIBA. I know you put a lot of stock in FIBA guns uh, for, for for the Bahamas, getting them to the second round. So it's not like he's a complete scrub. But yeah, with this Kai Jones situation, with this, you know, Gen Z sort of weird, weird situations where they could or these social when they get on social media, maybe their mental isn't quite there. So with regarding to Kai Jones, like, what do you think the, ramica- the ramifications of his tweets and his social media presence are going to be? I don't know, man. Uh, you had Matt Barnes go on there and said, this is why you need vets in locker rooms. And maybe there's some truth to that. I mean, maybe that's what we should be talking about with this is, is it important to have a veteran that maybe can offer minutes or value on the scoreboard? to look out for rookies and maybe that just be their designated job is just to look out for the rooks. I mean, what, what were you thinking? One, two, I I, I just don't, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to, I, again, it doesn't sound like he said anything too bad when I look into it. Like what did he really say? Like what, that he's a goat. Everyone's upset. Cause he said he's the goat. No, I mean, you're not supposed to call out your teammates on like it was more so the Instagram live where he was just sweating and he was just calling out his teammates saying he was he was better than everyone. You're not supposed to say that out loud. Did he Maybe really though? Practice. Did he call out their names? And I know they yeah. say that he was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure on his Instagram live, which I didn't watch again, I'm too old to be watching that stuff. But from what I read, he was just calling out different teammates that he was better than them. Uh, he should be, you know, getting more minutes and all that stuff. So it's just stuff that should have been kept private, I think, was made public. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I think he's done. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't, uh, I don't think the NBA, look, the NBA is a fraternity in itself. Let's be real. It's a club. It's an exclusive club. And, you know, as we've seen in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick and other players, if you do something foolish enough to make your teams look bad, to make an organization look bad, who's going to take a chance on you? Do you, would you take a chance on him? No, nah, he's done. I mean, he would have he would probably have to go, you know, overseas to play, you know, to play over there. Maybe play, you know, outside of this NBA circle because so mental the mental it takes from you if you're not ready for it, this the the league will 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 eat you up and spit you out. Um, especially since you have so many people coming after you. We saw this with even with the Hornets too with. Miles Bridges now with PJ Washington, just different people reaching out to you. You know, here you're in the NBA hyping you up, and you believe this hype. And sometimes it just takes a humbling experience for you to get back. You know, to play because he was a he was a he was a 19th pick. He played well in Texas, but I can imagine people are just once he has his money now, 
does he can't handle that that sort of pressure being a, a, a pro athlete? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. He's going to have to go overseas. And he may not come back. But, I mean, hey, Kai, you could still have a great career in China or Australia or wherever you go. You know, um, I just hope he makes better decisions and learns from this. Yeah, it's not like this, the Hornets had no vets, too. Terry Rogier, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's been in the league for a while. Like, uh, may, may, maybe it's the maybe it's the white black thing that your 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 vet kind of has to be more relatable to 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 the younger players. Honestly, where... dude, it sounded. I mean, he's denying it, but it sounded like he was having a night where he was high on something. Uh, I, I guess according to the video, too. Uh, I mean, he just started mouthing off. Yeah, it's 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 tough, right? Because usually, you know, back in the day, you, you didn't you didn't have a camera in your face or didn't have the ability to put yourself out there like that so so easily. Just grab your phone. I could, you know, put my phone in my face and have thousands of people see me acting a fool, right? Yeah. It's just it's just tough for this generation to to you know to live because they've been they've been they've been accessible to this sort of um, social media for so long. So it, 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 it's a crazy situation um, with, with Kai Jones. I hope he, I hope he gets the help he needs because it might just be a mental, mental health thing. And mental health is just something you definitely need to pay attention to regardless of who you are, especially being a professional athlete. So mental health, hopefully Kai Jones, you're able to get back on your feet overseas, come back over here, maybe play some G League, come back over the NBA and, you know, does play well and, and ends up playing well. All right, Gons, that was it for today. Uh, any, anything else you want to add? Any parlays you got? Um, preseason predictions. I know we'll, we'll touch on some stuff next week, but yeah, anything you want to add before we leave today? No, man. Hey, when the season starts on the 25th, yeah? Correct. So what are we going to the second game of the season? We are going. Well, so the Gons and I will be at the Phoenix Suns game, the first Laker home game of the season. So we'll most likely do something something out of there. So if you have any questions for us, um, shout us out on Instagram. Um, if there's anything you want to find out from that first day of it's the first home Laker home game. It's the first game against the Phoenix Suns with their all with their crazy top three. So we'll definitely be there for that game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be fun. And that'll be it for us today. Please also support the Hoop Bar, which is our video podcast on YouTube. We do have an Instagram. We also do have a TikTok. So please support us on there, the Gons and I on there. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support. Have a great weekend.